Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. I think it's working. I hope so. It says recording. Because I don't have mini brain cells. <laughs> no, you, as I put on Twitter tonight, you had the super flu plague, is what I'm going to call it, because we don't officially know what it was. Yeah. So I, off the record, it's super flu plague. I, you know, Friday when we went to the game, you are like, let's go to tomorrow. And I'm like, ah, I should really wait. I'm not feeling the greatest. And then I woke up and I was like, man, I feel like crap. And I tested for, I did a COVID test, nothing. It was negative. Uh, and I went into work. I didn't have a fever. And then they sent me home at like 3.30, so a half hour early. And then I slept from Saturday to now and watched. I was awake to watch a little bit of hockey. But even then, what game, I covered a game. Wednesday. I covered Wednesday's game and I don't know how I did that. I don't know either because you were dead that day. Uh, I tweeted that they scored a goal to seal the game and I looked at seal like for 20 minutes figuring out if it was the animal or if it was the right (laughs) word. That's how like I was waking up just to take cough medicine, cold medicine every four hours. Like, yeah, there's some nasty stuff floating around, man. And you, uh, you got it. When you say last Saturday, you mean last. You say Saturday, you mean last Saturday when they played the Marlies, because yeah. uh, it's been a week since we've recorded because of your death. And but you're alive again, reborn, kind of. I, I went to the doctor and they tested me for COVID. They're like, "Well, people have been testing positive after." I'm like, "Okay, nothing." Tested me for the flu, nothing. They're like, "There's some nasty stuff out there right now. Like you have it." So I'm not 100%. I'm probably like 30%, to be honest. Well, you were 50 this morning, so. Yeah, I was was thinking a little better. Was that just being generous? Yeah, I think so. I haven't (laughs) done much. So let's give this a go. Yeah, I mean, it's been a week since we've recorded. There's been five Griffins hockey games in that time frame. Uh, One Griffins win, but... uh, Yeah, so we're going to, this is going to be a little different than most podcasts that we do because of the delay. We appreciate everyone's patience with us, and by us, I mean the Hockey Town West podcast, where I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. I'm sick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad for you, buddy. Uh, That's a, I hate being sick. I'm a big old baby when I'm sick. Just ask Heather. I am a big old baby about it, like most guys are, so. Yeah. But before we dive into these games, because we just watched the Griffins lose to the Texas Stars for the second night in a row, and we have some thoughts and feelings, I don't know if you have the energy to share all your thoughts and feelings, let's talk about a positive thing here, and that's what's upcoming this Friday. 
It's the Griffins versus the Manitoba Moose, and it is the Teddy Bear Toss game. It's our favorite game of the season by far because, one, it's the only game of the season where Griffins fans are allowed to throw things on the ice during play, or not during play, but after a goal. Yes. You know, not like the incident. After the first Griffins goal. Not after the first goal of the game. Not during the play. After the Griffins score their first goal. You throw your teddy bears on the ice. But they go to awesome charities and causes. And it's just so much fun to see hundreds of thousands of stuffed animals flying all over the arena. The players usually have a good time with it on both teams. And, you know, it's just a fun experience for us. And we want to see this get bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. I I've been scouting the other teams too to see what like the local teams that we can go to. Uh, unfortunately, Maria won't be able to go to this game, so and I don't want to ruin the surprise for her. So I'm trying to take her to a game where we bring teddy bears to toss. Um, oh. But Hershey, I didn't know about this until last year, and you right. sent, you shared me you you sent the the Hershey Bears one to me, and they just pile on. Yep. For like a good five, ten minutes of them throwing teddy bears on the ice. Yeah, the Hershey Bears do it big every year. And it was bigger in Grand Rapids in past years. It's died down over the past few years. I want to see it come back because it's just such an awesome thing. It's always the game that falls right after Thanksgiving, if it's on Black Friday or whenever. It's right when the Christmas time good feelings start happening. You know, Thanksgiving's over, Christmas is next. And you go to a game like this, and it's just fun, man. Uh, and I, like I said, I just want to see this one get bigger and bigger this year. I've seen fans in the past bring trash bags of teddy bears. Uh, so they will let you do that. You're not just limited to bringing a single bear as a fan. You can load up. Just remember that you have to lug them around, and it might take a minute for them to score at this rate. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fun time. So go grab some bears at the store. Stuffed animals aren't crazy expensive. I know I'm going to load up this week because I've got some time off from work, so I'm going to go scout some good ones. Um, I saw Jen on Twitter found a good octopus octopus one so she could throw an octopus on the ice at Van Andel. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I think last year I grabbed an elephant and something else. But you're not just limited to bears. You can do other animals. Yeah, I didn't understand the situation last year. I didn't show up with anything. I didn't know what we. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and our seats were behind the netting. Yeah, it's, it, they are again this year too. So um, I'm hoping, I don't know if I'll go to Thanksgiving for Flint, out to Flint. So I might end up just being able to go out to the store and load up a couple of trash bags of teddy bears or stuffed animals to be able to throw out. Oh, um, you don't think you're going to go home for Thanksgiving this year? I don't think so. If yeah, I feel still... like this, I'm not going to go. If you're feeling like this, I don't even want to see you at the game. <laughs> they, they said it might take two weeks to get over, so. Jeez. But yeah. Fans, bring your bears. Let's have some fun with this one. Let's bring some spark into uh, whatever this season has been so far. Oh, yeah. This has been a fun 11 games in. Is it really 11? It feels, it feels like way through. I feel like I'm right back where we left off last year. So, oh. Yeah, that's this this season is definitely giving off last year vibes a little bit. So I, I yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't even know where to begin. You know what? Okay. Here, here's where I'll begin. We're not last in the division. No. 
Fortunately, we are not. We, we are not. Uh, Manitoba and Chicago are below us. We'll start there. Actually, Manitoba's tied with points with us, but Chicago is two points behind us. O- only two. Ooh, um, holy crap. Okay. Yep. I, I thought we were. I thought the Wolves were right next to us. Well, that's good. I mean, they're only one win behind us. Oh, it's fun. Okay, so we had two games that we didn't get to talk about with you being sick, which was the games against the Marlies. Those were those were wild, to say the least. Yeah, they were. Not even against the Iowa Wild. They were wild. So I'm going to do the quickest rundown possible of both of these games because they were so long ago, but I just key points to talk about between each one, and then we'll jump into the Chicago game and the Texas games. So Friday night, November 10th, the Griffins lose to the Marlies 7-3. to Sebastian Kosa gets to start in this one for us. And then Petrozelli gets to start for the Marlies, who was a Red Wings draft pick at a point in time. An old prospect who was the highly touted next goalie, great goalie of the Red Wings, uh, is now playing with the Marlies, as is um, uh, Robert Master Simone, too, who was also a draft pick of the Red Wings. And he uh, made a name for himself in this weekend. Yeah, he did. So in this game, Griffins and Marley's here. We had quite a few penalty minutes between the teams. In this game, the Marley's had 63 and the Griffins had 82. This game got out of hand and out of hand quickly. But recap the goals in this one. Toronto scores the first two goals of the game in the first period. Tim Gettinger gets a goal in the second period to get the Griffins on the board. That was his fifth of the season with Rafferty and Hiroshi assisting on the power play. Toronto gets two more there in the second. Griffins get their second goal of the game in the third. It was Zach Aston Reese's first goal as a Griffin with Nolan Stevens and Dom Shine assisting on that one. It was the fourth line's first big uh, production moment of the season right there, which is something we called out in the previous episode that we needed to see. The fourth line clicked, and they got some points in there right away, which was nice to see. Um, and then at, and, at that time, it was five to two. Five to two. Yeah, five and to two. <laughs> the bright spot of the Friday for me was Amadeus Lombardi finally gets rewarded for his hard work of the season so far. Gets his first goal of the season, assisted by Carter Mazur and Elmer Soderblom, because that was that line together that night. I don't remember if this was Carter's first game back or not. I think so. Think yeah. And that was what we were introduced to was that line right there, which at the time we were fans of. Or his first home game. Maybe his first home game. I think something like that. It's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> but Amo gets his first goal. Super pumped for him at that point. Kid's been working so hard all season, gets rewarded finally. And then Toronto gets another one on the board, and then an empty netter at the end, too. Uh, this uh, this game had it all. It had goals. It had drama. It had a Kyle Clifford game misconduct for spearing for the Toronto Marlies. Yeah. He, he speared uh, Simon Edmondson in the stomach. Simon Edmondson, Simon Edmondson in the stomach in front of the Griffins net there after a tough battle with them. Um, Master Simone also got a co- uh, misconduct in this one for continuing an altercation and a fighting penalty when he was fighting with I don't even remember who at this point. Somebody he was fighting, trying to fight everybody on the ice. They were Toronto was really out muscling Grand Rapids in this one. 
Um, and it was Zach Essen Reese, as I realized, looking at the score sheet now, yeah. who he was fighting in that one, who then got a 10-minute misconduct for continuing the altercation as well. And in that same amount of time, Carter Mazur got a 10-minute misconduct for abusive officials. So this game had everything. Oh, let me add in that, too, that Dom Shine had two 10-minute game, two 10-minute misconducts at the end, including a game misconduct for being an aggressor in the third man in a fight in that whole scenario there, too. There was... Half the penalty sheet in front of me, almost all the penalty minutes in the game, were at 1921 of the third period at the end. Dominic Shine ended the game with 25 penalty minutes. <laughs> yep. Aston Reese had 14. <laughs> yeah, the new power had 17. Yeah, and then for the Marlies, Kyle Clifford and Master Simone both had 17. It got chippy at the end. The this game, it was it was terrible. Uh I was there for the first two periods and I was like, all right, I'm done. I got up and I walked. I walked the concourse. I was over it. I was so frustrated with this team and came back. You know, Zach Aston rescores. You get the Rick Astley goal, goal song going. I, I was feeling it. I I love Rick Astley. I think it's the funniest thing. It so, is. And then Lombardi scores. So I'm like, okay, we might be onto something. And then it was just nothing the rest of the game. I, it got chippy at the end, and that's where I was like, all right, I'm tempted to come back to the game tomorrow. Right. The, the, the chippiness is what dragged us back in. What could carry over? Yeah. Um, which was funny. I was talking to my buddy Tyler, who writes for uh, MLive, uh, for the Griffins. Uh, we were talking the next morning, and he was like, if I know the Marlies, and he does. He's a big Maple Leafs guy, so he knows the Marlies pretty well. He goes, there's going to be zero carryover. This team never carries it over for some reason, and it's always like nothing ever happened the night before. And that's pretty much what happened. That's so weird. Yeah, it is super weird. It's like they go home, sleep, and forget it ever happened, and they just move on with their lives. I don't understand it at all. Um, but a big update out of this game that the fans really want to know is when was the throw for dough? Because the pucks were still for sale when we walked in the door that night. Yeah. So the throw for dough ended up at the second period at, after the second period. Yep. So. I like the move. I like that they found a way to continue everything, as is. And you think second period is before people get in a little too wasted to make stupid decisions because everything else has always happened in the third when it comes to drunk fans being dumb. So it was a good move. No issues in the three home games since. Well done. Yeah, it was good. It was good to change it up. Uh, move it to the third. So that way it's not costly team. So Yeah. Uh, and Costa was a net for that game. He... And they left him in for all six goals. Yeah, that was something I don't know if I appreciated that much there. I mean, he, like I said, he stopped 22 of 28. And I would say maybe one or two of those six goals were his fault. Nothing else really was. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it after the Texas weekend here. But the guys in this team owe the goalies both dinners for the rest of the season. Like, they, this team is putting these goalies through hell. And they are doing everything they can to stand their ground in there. And Sebastian Cosa has continued to look very sound in net at the AHL level. So, yeah. On, on to Saturday? On to Saturday. So this one, well, goaltending was a little better because the Marlies only scored four, but the Griffins offense ceased to exist uh, as they scored none. Uh, 
Toronto had 27 shots to Grand Rapids is 23 here. Grand Rapids went over three on the power play. Toronto went one for two. And this one was a little bit more tame with the Marlies only getting, having six penalty minutes to and Grand Rapids only having four. Michael Hutchinson gets to start in this one for Grand Rapids and Hill the B gets to start in this one for the Marlies, which in our preview, we said we didn't want to play him because he's really good. And he stopped 23 of 23. Uh, he, he is good. good. Yeah. He, he, I mean, I don't want to say the Griffin's going to go lead by any means because the offensive attempts were pretty darn weak in my opinion. Uh, but Hill the B did play a really good game and definitely uh, stole a couple to maintain that shutout there. So, with that, I don't know how I feel about this game. I was so disappointed when I left the arena on this one. I'm not going to run through the goals because we know the Marley scored four. That, that's it. The team just didn't look like they cared, if I want to be honest, if, I, if I'm being blunt. You know, Ben Simon had a way of describing nights like this in the games where the Griffins got blown out in the past, and it was... They either had a game where there the, the team gave a shit, or there was no give a shit. This was a no give a shit night. Yeah, the top line I'm looking at plus minus. I mean, Soderblom had minus two, Bergie had minus two, Casper minus two. Like, yeah, not good. Edmondson minus one, Didier minus one, Mazer minus one, Newpower minus one, Rafferty minus one, Wallander sorry, Volander minus one, and uh, McIsaac, Aston Reese, and Hirose as well. And yeah, this was this was a forgettable game. Burn the tape on this one and move on, man. This the Marlies got the best of the Griffins. They out muscled the Griffins. They outperformed the Griffins. They just flat out outplayed us. Yeah, I'm just looking. Amadeus didn't have a single plus minus. He had two shots on that. Amadeus was the best player. So night before plus one. In that weekend, Amadeus Lombardi and Marco Casper were the two best Griffins on the ice. Hands down. This is a going trend that we're seeing right now. Is They are the top two people on this team at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, I, it, that's a great sign for Red Wings fans, is their development is picking up faster than I ever thought it would. But it's a alarming sign for us Griffins fans at this point. But we'll get into that a little bit more later. Because let's 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 uh, talk some positivity here before things get really negative. <laughs> are so, we going on to the wolves? <laughs> we're going on to the wolves. So this was the school day game, the 11 a.m. game that I put my poor ears through without earplugs. I need to remember that next year. I Who had go with uh, nobody. Oh really? Oh. Yes, but I was able to still exchange both tickets because oh, I scanned okay. them both. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Don't ask questions. <laughs> okay. Hey, we still got two winning Wednesday tickets for the 29th. Hey! But I was actually joined uh, through the second period. Tyler came down because he was there for media for M Live that day. He came and sat with me during the second period and enjoyed the game down at uh, the level that I moved to, uh, <laughs> which we'll talk about here. So the kids. The, the kids, kids came loud. in full force. There was 6,709 people in attendance for this 11 a.m. game, and 90% of those were children. Yeah. They were loud. You uh, hear on TV. <laughs> Dan Watson was asked after the game, what's harder, coaching in an environment like the Huntington Center in a playoff game or coaching in an arena on a kid's day like today? And he said, you know, they're both pretty challenging, but at the beginning of each period where they do the loudest section – 
it's ear piercing to say the <laughs> least. Um, so I've got a good chuckle out of that one. But with this game, I had a weird experience at this one that I, I want to talk about. So I yeah. sat in our season ticket seat when I got there, right? Yeah. And normally with the school game, they fill the upper bowl with kids. They put them all up there, and then the lower bowl looks pretty darn empty on these Wednesday games. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I look behind me, and there's just rows of kids. And they just keep filling in, filling in, and all of a sudden there's kids next to me and in front of me and kids in this other seat that we have a ticket for. And I just kind of had some confusion there. The teacher looks at me and says, yep, we were just told to fill in where it was empty. Oh. She looks at me and goes, for your own sanity, I'd recommend just moving seats since they don't seem to care where people are sitting at this game. <laughs> so I went until the next whistle as I scoped out my seats and definitely went and took some glass seats that are another good friend of mine's season ticket seats because I knew he wasn't coming to the game. So I got to take in the game on the glass uh, because, a teacher told, because a teacher told me to. <laughs> and we listen to our teachers. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is what I was always taught. So, into the actual hockey action now. Sebastian Kosa gets the start in this one against his familiar foe, Adam Scheel, who played for the Idaho Steelhead in the playoffs uh, against him last year and got the best of the walleye. He's now playing with the Chicago Wolves, so it was Kosa versus Scheel again, which is always fun. And this one, the Griffins come out on top. They win this one 5-3 in pure dominating fashion. So, we'll go through the periods here. First period pretty locked down tight by both teams. Chicago definitely had their coffee that morning. They were playing strong defense, some good strong offense. Actually got six shots on net, and the Griffins ended up with eight. Pretty even matchup that period. Now the second comes along, and Grand Rapids turns it on like they did in that one game in Milwaukee. 23 shots on goal to Chicago's 11 in the second, and three goals to Chicago's two in the second. So Grand Rapids starts off the scoring two minutes into this game. Dom Schein gets his first of the season with Nolan Stevens and Tyler Spezia assisting. The fourth line all gets points for the second time in three games. Like to see that positive movement. That's good stuff. Uh, eight minutes into the second, Jonathan Bergeron gets the monkey off his back and gets his first of the season. Assist from Casper and Jared McIsaac. That's, a, that's an important name for this this game. Yeah. Jared McIsaac. Remember Jared that. McIsaac. Yep. Uh, Chicago does come back in this, though. And Chris Terry, former Griffin, gets his fifth goal of the season uh, for Chicago. And then Maxime Comtois gets his second of the season as well. He was a thorn in the Griffin side in this one. That boy is a big dude, and he likes to stir it up, but he can also score. A lot of Riley Tufty in him is what I remember with this uh -huh. kid. Um, but the Griffins did end up going into the second intermission with the lead as Didier gets his first as a Griffin, assisted by Spezia and Mazer, uh, which good to see him get the monkey off his back too. It was a really soft shot from the point that took a couple <laughs> lucky bounces and ended up in. He even admitted it too. Uh, it's nice to see one of those go in, but it's a goal. Goals count, and he gets his first as a Griffin. Uh, third period happens. Chicago gets 11 shots in this period. Grand Rapids gets 13, but Grand Rapids also gets two goals. Carter Mazer gets his first of the season, uh, assisted by Marco Casper and Jonathan Bergeron with a nice little smooth selly after that one. It was a nice little cleanup goal there uh, at the on the doorstep of, of a rebound, and Mazer gets his first right in front of me. It was kind of cool to see that one. That's where I, right where I was sitting. 
and then Carter Mazer ends up actually sealing the game with the empty netter assisted by Edmondson at the end of the game as well, getting his second of the year. Standouts in this one for me. Jared freaking McIsaac. <laughs> yeah. The guy I have dragged all season long so far on this podcast comes out of this game with an assist and a plus three and three shots on goal. It was the best game of hockey I've seen Jared McIsaac play since he's been in a Griffin's uniform. This was awesome. What do you think the change was? He just needs to start the games at noon or what? You know, he is a morning person, clearly. <laughs> I don't know what the change was. I'd have to go back and look at the lineup again and see who he was paired with in this game. I'd be really curious to see. Um, but, man, I had to make sure I said it because I've talked so much crap about his performance this year. And he knows he's not been playing up to the standard that he should be playing. He knows it. There's no way he does it. But to see him come out and have a game like this i was breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief i think even you had texted me or it might have been andrew rinaldi he had said this was mckisaac's best game of the he season was, so far i think he was he was with wallander oh that's uh that's wallander sorry as we all have to adjust to the w being a v apparently yeah, yeah he was with wallander interesting not a pairing I saw with a yeah, weird. Yeah. Now, here's the thing though, is you come out of this game and I'm super stoked like how this one went. Like it's the Milwaukee game all over again. It's like, yep, we got the momentum back. Here we go. We're gonna take this into Texas. And then I was, you know, reminded Chicago's not good. <laughs> yeah. They're not good this year. They are really bad. Um, so there was I mean, I was brought down to earth real quickly. Um, by somebody who will remain nameless on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was, uh, it was good to see all these positive things in a hockey game, but it is a reminder that Chicago is not good. They're independent this year. They don't have an NHL affiliate. They are still trying to figure out what this team even means right now. And yeah, the well, game, we got to win. This so I got nervous though because this week I saw that Carolina was starting to move some of their players back to Chicago. Yeah, I saw that too, and I think a couple of them were before this game, and uh, it it made me a little nervous. And I definitely think that added the extra pep in their step there in the second period where they got this two goals. I mean, that's not something they've been able to do much of this season is come back like that. So who knows? Who knows what's going on? I I know. From rumblings, I've heard talking to certain people that uh, this experiment's not going to last long. It's not. Will it last the whole season, or will they stop? It'll last probably the whole season, but I don't think it'll go on further than this. It's a real struggle for this team. Not only do they not have an NHL affiliate to work with, but the AHL has kind of imposed like a cap of some sort that you can't just go out and find the top best prospects in the world that aren't signed and throw them on there. There are some limitations for this team and how they had to build it. So it's the AHL is definitely trying to push them towards an affiliate. Do I think they'll be an affiliate with Carolina? No, I do not. I think they'll try to find another team maybe closer to home for them that they can work with. But this experiment's not going to last long, and hopefully for their fans it doesn't because the performance is garbage. I mean, they did absolutely dominate Milwaukee 7-3 to three tonight, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. So, Every squirrel finds a nut. 
Every squirrel finds a nut. So, before we jump into the Texas games, we'll do an ad break. We'll throw it over to Raycon and DraftKings here. I have not opened the DraftKings app this week because my sports predictions in themselves, just talking to people, have been hot garbage. Well, and I know I'm heading to Detroit tomorrow to watch the Lions take on the Bears, so I will not make any bets beforehand because I'm not jinxing anything. There you should go. bet on David Montgomery scoring a touchdown. I mean, that's probably a guarantee, that's a guarantee. but at the same time, you know, the Bears are playing Justin Fields. They could, you know, God, it's... <laughs> no, I guarantee a, a David Montgomery touchdown. He's so excited to play the Bears. Yeah, he is. So. All right, ad break time. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. This weekend, we've got the big game, Michigan versus Ohio State. Michigan, if you take the spread, is minus three and a half points download the app now and use code thpn new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on hockey that's code thpn only on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl the crown is yours bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467369 connecticut help is available for Problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsibly game gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL of the National Hockey League and copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserve this holiday season is always chaotic with the amount of nhl games ahl games and football and just our crazy schedule in between maybe too early to start decorating for the holidays but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before black friday you can shop raycon products right now and save up to 50 percent off because of their early black friday sale that's going on now raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The one item that I'm going to be looking forward to is their faucet filter. Ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you can use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. No wonder their products have racked up of tens and thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay. All right. Hey, good ad read. It sounded like you were completely healthy when you recorded that. I was. <laughs> All right. So now before we jump into these most recent two games against Texas, there was some roster changes for the Griffins and the Toledo Walleye leading up to this series. So Michael Hutchinson on Wednesday was not in warmups, was not on the bench. From what I know, there was either an emergency backup goalie on staff or Hutch was in the back room, uh, not next to the team on the bench, assuming – Based off what we heard, he was sick. Um, 
which not good. If this crap is going around the locker room, not good at all. Might explain a lot. Probably should preface the whole podcast with that. This team could have a flu bug going around the locker room. But we don't know for sure. No one can confirm or deny it. But Hutch was out. So John Letheman got the call up for the first game in Texas here uh, from Toledo, uh, which was an in- interesting move. Not that we didn't see this coming at some point, but I thought if he wasn't going to play, we'd see Bednar come up and sit on the bench. But it is what it is. And then uh, the odd man out most nights for the Griffins, Riley Sawchuk, because uh, of the center depth on this Griffins team, uh, gets sent down to the walleye uh, so he can get some games in. And, you know, it's we, we both love Riley. We think Riley's a fantastic hockey player and think he belongs in this team. But with the center depth, he is definitely the odd man out right now. So it's good to see him get sent down there and get some minutes. I wish they would do the same with Tua Miso if he's not injured. We're still looking for confirmation from somebody on that. If anyone can tell us where Tua is, that'd be great. Has anyone seen him? He's pretty tall. It's hard. Like, where where is the guy? (laughs) We're going to start that search at Friday's game. Where is Tua? Well, there was – I had a hunch, too, because the Red Wings posted a – they've been doing all this stuff for Sweden trip. They were in Sweden for the last two games. And Simon Edmondson was part of the promo. I think they recorded it uh, during training camp. I think so, too, because then I thought maybe he was with them and they just didn't announce it yet. But he no, played cause, Yeah, because the only Swede with the wings in Sweden was Raymond. Yeah. So. He played well. He played very well. Um, so those two moves happened leading into this Texas game. Wanted to make sure we talked about those. Those are important. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Toledo towards the end here. But because uh, they've played a lot of games since our last recording. They've played a lot of games. Too many to cover in one episode. We would need to dedicate a whole episode talking about Toledo. Yeah. But the Texans, or Texas, the Texans, wrong sport. We were talking football before we came back. Um Griffins head to Texas to take on the Stars in Cedar Park, Texas on Friday night, November 17th. High, good momentum coming from the Chicago game, right? Right. Wrong. 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 Um, Griffins loses one four to 2 uh, Sebastian Costa gets the start in this one, stops 25 to 29. Uh, Matt Murray, not that Matt Murray, different Matt Murray. <laughs> I thought it was that Matt Murray. No, it's a different Matt Murray. Uh, stops 26 to 28 in this one. Griffins put up 28 shots. Texas puts up 29. Grand Rapids goes one for six in the power play. Texas goes two for seven. Lots and lots and lots of penalties in this one. Uh, so let's let's get the breakdown here. For uh, First period, no goals. Griffins outshoot Texas 15 to 10. Great start for the Griffins on the shot side of things again. Kind of starting to see that become a trend. Instead of them getting lit up for 21 shots in the first, they're starting to light up other teams. Just not a lot of scoring with those, unfortunately. But better starts in games, or at least we're showing up on time to start, right? Yep. Second period, 47 seconds in. Tim Gettinger gets his sixth of the season, assisted by Hiroshi and Volander. So good start to that period there. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Things are coming along. Uh, no, not even a minute later. Texas ties the game up. Carlstrom gets his fifth of the fifth of the season. And then it's oh, kind of all Texas from there as they score four unanswered goals on Grand Rapids, um, including one from Logan Stankhoven, who is the AHL leading scorer for rookies right now. He gets his ninth of the season in this game. Uh, kid's good. Kid's 
really good at hockey. Apparently, it was a question mark if he was even going to start the team, start the season with Texas, that he might have made it to Dallas. Oh, wow. So he's good. Uh, that was a power play goal that he got there, one of the two for Texas. Uh, Griffins weren't completely dead yet as 11 minutes into the third. Hiroshi gets his fourth of the season, assisted by Rafferty and Gettinger. Uh, that's that's all she wrote on this one. The uh, storyline of this one was penalties. It was pretty crazy. Grand Rapids had 23 penalty minutes. Texas had 21. New Power had five because, you know, he got in a fight at some point in time. <laughs> Uh, but then it was kind of spread out across the board here for the Griffins, uh, except that Dom Shine had four, um, which one of those was on a Griffins penalty kill already, resulting giving Texas a five on three, and they converted on that five on three. That's important to mention before the Saturday game. Um, but in this one, too, Edvinson took a penalty, Gettinger took a penalty, Specia took a penalty. Or no, Never sorry, I'm reading that wrong. I'm reading that wrong. Edmondson took a penalty. Uh, Hannes took a penalty. Aston Reese took a penalty. Johansson took a penalty. First game back from injury, Albert gets a penalty. <laughs> but, yeah, this game was was a thing. I want to give thoughts on it right away, but we're going to give our thoughts on all five games at the end here. Kind of as a combined thought. So, yeah, Griffins dropped this one. Um at this point, go to only still one win on the road, six losses. Milwaukee was the only one, right? Milwaukee, yep. Only win on the road so far this season. So then we come into Saturday night. Tonight, since we're recording right after the game, thinking maybe something will spark here. We see before the game, Michael Hutchinson uh, gets the start in this one. We see uh, that Albert Johansson and Simon Edvinson were paired up together in this one. We see Amadeus Lombardi's in this one. He was out Friday. Should mention that as well. I believe that he was sick. So it does kind of show that something might be going around the locker room. I think Nick spread it around. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Nick has not been in contact with the player since he's been sick. Yeah, if they did, they, there's no way they were playing because I, yeah. I literally slept. That, that's fair. And if they were playing with what they got, you need to get a hold of the team dietitian and, and health professionals because uh, they know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but Amo was back in this one. The big guys were back on defense together. But big guys, there was a big guy missing from the lineup. Is Elmer Soderblom wasn't in the lineup tonight. Yeah. The only thing I can oh, think no. of is maybe Amo gave it to him. They were on the same line for a while. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? It's very odd. I didn't think he played bad Friday night by any means to be like healthy scratch. So I'm going to assume something's going around. Yeah, they, they're not really like it, they don't really explain a whole lot for injuries or scratches or anything like that. They just like even with Albert coming back, they didn't really announce it. He had to snuck right back in the lineup. I forgot he played last night. I, 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 I. I didn't forget because I was excited, but I kind of forgot. Like, I noticed him tonight because he was with Simon, but Andy was in the penalty box, but he was in the penalty box last night. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing with this lineup tonight, too, is that Michael Hutchinson did get the start, but John Letheman was the backup. Kosa did get a night off tonight uh, where he didn't have to dress or skate, and I think well-deserved. Yeah. He's been through a lot this season. 
give him a night off in Texas. I don't know if he was at the game or not, but give him a day off to rest and recoup before they come back home for a four-game homestead. So, yeah, let's dive into this one. Six minutes into the game, Texas gets a goal. And then six minutes, 41 seconds, or sorry, six minutes, 27 seconds into the game, Texas gets their first goal. Six minutes, 41 seconds into the game, Texas gets their second goal. <laughs> I'm like, here we go again for last year, all over again, back-to-back goals within a minute. Yeah. In, in Grand Rapids, this first period, Grand Rapids was out shooting Texas 21 to 10. I don't know what the shots were at that point in time. Uh, they, Texas only had like three shots on goal by this point. Um, was it like 11 or so? Yeah. I'm not going to say Hutch was to blame fully. There was one, I know one of them, he was left hung out to dry. Um, we'll talk about a key word in this too, which was turnovers. Uh, but and not the cherry kind. Nope, not the cherry kind. But after that, though, 10 minutes, 39 seconds into the period, Cross Hannes gets his second of the season, assisted by Rafferty, a guy who needed a goal. Cross Hannes. <laughs> like, you could tell after this one, there was a sigh of relief for him to finally find the back of the net. And it was a really nice shot, too. He absolutely sniped it. So, good to see that. And then, that was at 10 minutes, 39 seconds in the period. Then 11 minutes, 22 seconds in that period. It was burger time. Jonathan Berger gets his second of the season as well. Uh, another shot where he was just able to kind of snipe it. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was it. It was a nice, no, pretty so. shot by him. No celly. No celebration at all. all I have thoughts about that, but we'll get there. I promise we'll get there. <laughs> Texas, though, does retake the lead. Uh, Stankoven gets his 10th of the season, still maintaining that rookie leader in scoring mark there for him, and the Texas Stars take a 3-2 to two lead into the second period. Griffins did outshoot Texas 21 to 10 in this. I'm thinking they're outshooting them that much and they come out not even tied. Like that had to be a momentum killer right there. And oh boy, did it feel like it because Texas went on to score four goals in the second period as they outshot Grand Rapids 11 to 6. 11 shots, four of them found the back of the net. Uh, They pulled Hutch. they, They pulled Hutch. And then they did put John Letheman in. He did allow one goal. Uh, it was like on the second or third shot he faced. It was, it was, he couldn't do anything about it. Honestly, Letheman came into this game and was really sharp um, and played really well. I thought he made, here was, there was one sequence where he probably made 10 saves in a row uh, to keep the Griffins within four, which was crazy. But, you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom, I guess, because on the power play, three minutes, 55 seconds into the third period. Amadeus Lombardi gets his second of the game, an absolute rip from the top of the circle. Sniped it right over the goalie's blocker. Kid was the hardest working player on this Griffins roster tonight. Thank God he got rewarded with a goal. I was super happy to see that. Edvinson and Hiroshi with assist on that one as well as the power play. I'm just glad he shot it. <laughs> he, he's got that confidence now. Because his goal the other night, it was kind of like a tap-in. Like, just at the crease, like, being able to get it in. And this one was an absolute snipe. Like, it was good. It was very much what I remember seeing Amo do when he played with the Firebirds in Flint. Yeah. It, that's what I, I specifically know there's a TikTok on our TikTok page 
of a replay of him just absolutely sniping almost in the same spot, I believe, on the power play. Um, so, yeah, kid knows where to shoot from. I just hope he can get to that point more often. Uh, but that wasn't it for the Griffins. Spezia does get his second of the season, 15 minutes, 18 seconds into the game or into that period there. Uh, Cross Hannes and Edvinson getting the assists on that one as well. And that's all she wrote. Griffins lose this one 7-4. to four. Oh, shoot the Texas Stars 41-31 and lose 7-4. to four. And I would not by any means say we got goalied. With five power play opportunities. We converted on one. Texas went two for four on the power play. Um, a penalty that should be pointed out there was after... Sorry, two penalties that should be pointed out here was after... No, sorry. Yeah, two that should be pointed out. Dom Shine took a penalty on the penalty kill for the second night in a row, giving Texas a five-on-three, which they converted on for the second night in a row. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hold on. Uh, After that goal went in, Nolan Stevens was given a 10-minute misconduct for abuse of officials. Nolan's a listener. I confirmed. He knows how we feel about the refs. (laughs) He was saying what we're all thinking, but we're the ones that should say it. He should. He shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. You want to wrap? You want? Do we want to just wrap up this whole five game sequence? Oh uh, well, mean, I'll just add one more fact on this one here because we talked about it with Chicago. Um, we faced a goalie that played with the Idaho Steelheads last season again with Chicago and Adam Shield. Uh, Remy Poirier for the Texas Stars was their other goaltender, who had. The highest, one of the highest save percentages in the ECHL last season, along with John Letheman, who also got to face off against him tonight. So it was a battle of the goalies, the ECHL goalies. It's crazy how good they are. Oh. Um, but no, I mean, God, just someone buy John Letheman a drink after having to come into this game. Like, for real. This, this was not a game you want to walk into in the situation you've been in, especially with what you experienced last year in your stint here with the Griffins. Uh, had some really rough games that kind of went like this, and then your first game back called up. Or sorry, second game, but first game you get to see action in. It's the same story as you saw last year. Johnny yeah. doesn't deserve that. He deserves better. <laughs> yeah, it's this. This is not looking good. Um, I mean, we we talked last episode. I don't know if it was on the Patreon exclusive, but like the things we needed to see penalties. We talked. We talked penalties. Fire mm-hmm. play opportunities. We got that this week. We did. We a lot of practice. It's, I want to point out something with that. It's funny how all of a sudden we see a slew of penalty calls when the AHL president's in the building that weekend. Oh, this weekend? Yeah, he was at the Texas Games. There were some questionable calls, and there was a lot more penalties this these two games. That's It's odd. Uh Yeah, especially because one of the refs, uh, it was Friday night, uh, your boy... Greedy Hamilton, who we've <laughs> talked about before on this podcast, it's a referee. Uh, he was one of the refs Friday night. And, yeah, I just thought that was funny how when the Texas Stars interviewed uh, the AHL president, as soon as they said that, I'm like, penalties are being called? The press is in the building. Oh, man, that freaking makes sense. Guarantee next game you're going to see a total of three calls. Yeah, that's that's so odd. But, I mean, both games, like, there was – you you said five in this game. There was six in the last. There was seven for Texas. And four for Texas this game. So I mean, there I mean, there was a lot of penalties, and they mentioned it in the pregame uh, to the Texas coach because we didn't have Bob this weekend because Bob said 
Sweden. Yep. But uh, there, there's no rhythm to the game because there's so many penalties being called. Yeah, yeah, no rhythm for it. It was funny, too, because as soon as the Griffins got a power play early in the game, um, Saturday, or was it Saturday or Friday? Saturday, tonight, um, it was 35 seconds in. And I'm like, in the, the secondary announcer for the Stars said, man, the Griffins aren't used to seeing these opportunities coming into this, these, this setup against the Stars, you know, having the lowest power play opportunities in the league. They still might after this, honestly. Uh, yeah. And they pointed that out both Friday and Saturday. Yeah, uh, and I will say too, because you brought it up with Bob being a Sweden. Shout out to Texas; they did a great job balancing both teams, not showing like how true Texas Stars announcers they are. I think they did a great job keeping talking about both teams, uh, and I actually enjoyed their broadcast again. Yeah, kind of like, when, like when we had Rockford. Like I actually really enjoyed the broadcasters with this one. Normally, when you get away teams, when you're spoiled with a guy like Bob Kayser, you hate listening to anyone else talk. No, these guys did a good job. Throughout the week, I've been trying to there there hasn't been anything else on, so I've been trying to watch some hockey on ESPN Plus and uh I don't know who I t- I turned on somebody the other day and I had to turn them off cuz it was just bad. It was I switched to a different game. I was like I'm half awake, half alive and this is terrible. I you might have done a better job than them. <laughs> uh the other thing that we mentioned last episode too was like we needed the fourth line to step up. And Dabshine got a goal. Uh, Spezia got two over the weekend, I believe. And, uh, but, but the Dabshine, like, he puts us in a bad position this week with the penalty. So, do you want my hot take on this? Yeah. So I want you. Yeah. Dabshine needs to be healthy scratch next game. Yeah. He has. You cannot go back to back games on the penalty kill, taking a penalty while your team is down, putting them in a five on three situation, back to back games when you are a leader on this team. Stop. Like, health, Dan Watson's got to put his foot down in healthy scratch. I'm sorry. He has to. He has to. I, I feel like this team is like the, the stats for this weekend are there, right? We had the shots. The shots are getting. The shots against are getting less and less as we go through the season. Like yep. We started the season with 40. Holy crap. Now it's back down to like 28, 30. They're respectable. We're getting some power play opportunities. We did convert this weekend. We're setting up well in the offensive zone where we can get in there. Our neutral zone and our defense is just terrible. Our goaltending is okay. Like I can't fault our goalies for a lot of the goals that are being given up. It, no, the, like we're we're on the brink. I I don't know if we're on the brink, but we're there's just something missing. There's something missing. There's still something about this team that still has like Ben Simon aura on it or something. You know, like <laughs> like I know you want to uh, say it. Just like, you know what I'm saying. Like there's still some and. And you questioned it in the group chat, and you might want to edit this out. Is like there might be a leadership thing, you know? I'm genuinely concerned there's a leadership thing. So there's too I mean, much carryover from the old team from last year to this team, and we're too new, we're too young still. Our defense, even for the wigs right now, it's an issue. We have all these veterans up there, like Petrie and Sherratt, and they're not doing well. But we're too we're not old enough. Our guys down here, like Simon, could be brought up, but he doesn't have enough experience. 
So they need to be able to, they're in that in-between time, the growing pains of this team. If something, gets, if something gets called up, we're effed. That's my other thing, too, is like everybody wants Simon to be called up, but then at that our end, who do we have? We have 2 to put him in. Where, Maybe. Where is he? Where's he? Who's the other guy that's been sitting? They've been rotating another defenseman out. Uh, Vero's been in and out. Vero, okay. So, like, it's hard to bail. It's sorry. I try to take a step back, too, to see, like, how Sean and Steve are building these teams. And it's like, we're in this weird, like, pull and push because we give the the defensemen that the Wings have should be quality defensemen. They should be up there. They should be able to do the job. That's why they're up there. That's why they have Petrie, Hole, and Sherratt. Who's the other guy that they signed? Yeah, uh, Ghost. Ghost. Well, and the, nobody's complained about Ghost. Ghost is fine. No. Ghost is great. Uh, yeah, Ghost is great. So the other two need to get their crap figured out because we can't bring Simon up yet. I wouldn't say Hall needs to get his crap figured out. Sherratt and Petrie need to get their crap figured out. They both right. need to be fired off into the sun. Yeah, but Mata's played well. I'm not gonna. Mata's fine. I have no problem with Mata. But to to tip it back to the, how out of pocket do I want to be here? That's the. I I just don't know how aggressive I want to be because again, there's something going on in the locker room of a flu bug. I understand that completely. There's a the part where it concerns me on the leadership level is we've we've both joked back and forth like oh someone's sad they didn't get the captaincy. Like, I don't know if the team fully is on board with the selections and the leadership core yet. And I don't know if the team is fully on board with Dan Watson. You hear that they love playing for him. They love coming to the rink. They have fun. But will they run through a wall for Dan Watson? I don't know yet. And somebody, I don't remember who the source was that pointed it out, pointed out that Dan Watson still checks in on Toledo multiple times a week. Yeah. Yeah. He still um, comes and checks in. It was a reporter, and Lalode still uh, talks to Dan Watson as well. So uh, it's all throughout the organization. Right, and I understand that, but it seems like his is a little more hands-on. Are you stretching? I don't want to stretch, but I'm concerned. If it is, okay, I won't say it seems like it is. If it is more hands-on, it needs to be more hands-off, and he needs to focus on this team. Toledo's doing fine. They're doing great. Like, this Griffins team should not be this bad. I just don't understand why they can't get this figured out. I think there needs to be a couple people need to be traded, to be honest. That's going to be a It starts with healthy scratching players that you wouldn't expect a healthy healthy scratch. Les Perons, healthy scratch him. Dom Shine, healthy scratch him. Start there. Yeah, Les was firing the puck on the net, at least in these Texas games, but he came from Texas. He came from this team. I would expect him to show some give a crap against this team. But He's before good. this, even, even on the broadcast with against Chicago, they were calling out after – or no, against the – sorry, it was against the Marlies, the second game. The broadcast was calling out Les Perons. Yeah, he has Whoever was helping him, mentioning he's not scoring. No goals. No goals this season. No goals at all. Yeah. Finished in the top of scoring, almost in the top of scoring in this team last year. No goals yet. No goals. 12 games in. 12. No goals. He missed two games because of the birth of his child. Is he the only scoreless? No, like, he's not the only scoreless one on this that's team. That's not a defenseman. That's, 
That's not a defenseman. All right, so guys with no goals that are not defense. Oh, sorry, hold on. I selected defenseman because I was not thinking. We All right, guys with it. no goals that are not defensemen. Nolan Stevens and Joel Esperance and Riley Sawchuk, who's been Toledo now. And Riley makes sense because he hasn't really played that much. Nolan's played 13 games, no goals, four assists. He's a plus three. What's That's an Lesby? improvement since we did the, play, the Patreon episode. What's Lesby? 11 games, no goals, two assists, minus six. Healthy scratch. And I love Les Perrantz. I have a stick hanging on my wall in my apartment, and I have a signed jersey in the closet. I love this dude as a player. Healthy scratch. Wake up time. Him? Who do you replace him with? Riley Sawchuck. <laughs> yeah, this would be the perfect Easy. time to do it, too. Because Riley went off in Toledo. Yes, he did. Riley Sawchuck, call him up. Put him in, coach. I don't know what else to say to that. I mean, Lesbian and Shine were leaders on this team last season. In both the leadership category with their grit, their trying to get spark in the team, and their scoring ability and setup ability. And, I mean, Dom Shine, yes, he got that goal. He's 13 games in, 13 goals, two assists, minus six. Zach Aston Reese, the other piece of that fourth line, 12 games in, one goal, no assists, minus six. That's a problem. The leaders on this team aren't leading. You know who's, well, the, who's the highest plus-minus player on the team? Or sorry, the highest plus-minus forward. It is. Taro Hirose at minus seven. Sorry, I should have said the highest minus on the team. Minus seven, Taro Hirose. You know how many giveaways he had tonight that I clipped and posted on our Twitter page that almost led to goals? You did them dirty. I didn't even realize it until Ryan from Grindline called it out. He goes, was that Taro on back-to-back opportunities? They were on the same shift. Oh, jeez. He had two back-to-back giveaways on the same shift. One was on the power play. And that's the biggest thing with this team is the turnovers. I mean, we're out shooting. We're getting the power play opportunities. Like this, this, you look at the stat line and you're like, oh, yeah, it should be 7-4 at Grand Rapids. You know? Like, but these turnovers in, like, they come from the same spot every time. It's right near the goal line every time, and it's costs us goals. <laughs> like, there are Costa had like three breakaway chances, like, uh, three breakaways on him the other night, and he stopped all three. Yeah. I mean, again, these goalies are, are keeping us in the, in these games. They're, they're not stealing games because they're not giving the op- getting the opportunity to even steal a game. The opportunities that are coming, the scoring chances that we're giving up are quality. The scoring chances we are giving or producing on our end are not quality. Shots from outside the two circles are so much more frequent than shots in the slot or near the net. Yeah. And when we do get a shot on goal, the rebound, no one's there to clean it up. Nobody. Elmer's not there. Lesby's not there. They're Chase guys that lived. Chase is not there. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. I miss him right now. I really do. There was Those were guys last year that sat in front of the net and cleaned up all season long. And you know what? Remember, I remember one episode we had last year where we were like, oh, my God, there's like one plus minus player on this team. You know how many positive players there are on the team right now? Two. Five. Five. Two of them are zero. 
One of them is one who's not even actually on the team. Sorry, two of those five aren't on the team. One's Riley Sawchuck, one's Zarnik. Oh, God. Tyler Spezia leads the team at plus four. Nolan Stevens, plus three. Amadeus Lombardi is at zero. 12 games, two goals, three assists. He's at a zero. With everything he's been trying to do on his end, he is playing defensively sound and still producing and drawing penalties like a madman this season. Like, I love, I love it. Amadeus is Amadeus and Marco Casper are my two f- top guys on this team right now. Hands down, they're playing incredibly good. At, oh. This is like this is a Nate Danielson situation here. God, we have but, two really good players on a really bad team. Well, another player I want to bring up because like we talked about him earlier because he scored tonight, and you mentioned no celebration, yeah. no Sally whatsoever. Jonathan Bergeron, nine games in with the Griffins, two goals, five assists, seven points, minus three. He hasn't been sitting. He's been playing. He's been playing. So, like, the reason I mentioned the uh, no celebration thing is because post-game interviews on Wednesday. Fortunately for for us as people who cover this team, they only do the post-game now when there's media there to ask questions or they just do their once-a-week Zoom questions with the media. So, luckily... Tyler, my buddy, stayed and asked questions after the game. He was the only one asking questions. It was like the Tyler show with the Griffins. It was great. I, I actually enjoyed listening to it. He had some good ones with Watson, too. Uh, but he got to interview Bergie. And Bergie had an attitude from the start of the interview, from what I noticed. And Tyler asked him a question about being paired up with Marco Casper for the first time on uh, Saturday night against the Marlies. And then he kind of got weird after that moment. And then Tyler asked the classic question that everyone's kind of asked Bergie. He goes, what do the Red Wings keep telling you to work on while you're down here? And he just kind of shook his head and went, I'm good enough. I know my game. I I, I know my skill. I'm, I'm good. Huh. And he just kind of shook his head and like, that was it. His attitude, I, I, I don't think he wants, I think the whole, the Red Wings are in Sweden. I should be with the Red Wings. I'm here in Grand Rapids. I don't want to say Zadina. Yeah. But is it a Zadina situation again? I feel like he's going to get traded. I do have that feeling that he's going to get traded. If they haven't brought him up and they're not looking to bring him up, I don't think he's going up. I I mean, if you look at this Griffins roster right now, which is, I mean, things aren't great. Is is Bergen your first call up right now? No. No. <laughs> Tim Gettinger's more of my first call up right now than John Bergen is. Yeah, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying in general here. Yeah. Like, I mean it'll be nice to see Sardik's coming back this week, right? Yes, he's on waivers, he'll clear. He'll, he'll yeah, be back. He'll be cleared this week. Or today, tomorrow. Tomorrow. He'll be cleared tomorrow and then he'll be hopefully back with Barring any injuries with the Red Wings, he'll be back in Grand Rapids by Friday. Thank God. It's disappointing to it's disappointing that the Wings did bring Bergie and Simon and who's our other Swede? Ballander, uh Elmer. Elmer. Okay, I'm not I wouldn't bring Volander, but the <laughs> you know, to bring Elmer, to bring to bring the other Swedes, like I feel like that's a missed opportunity that they should have took him out. Like at least brought him. Yeah, that would have 
I mean, they didn't do us any good down here. <laughs> we lost all. Well, Bergy scored Wednesday and Bergy scored tonight, but okay, but they weren't in games that that we won. So no, Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, so, but that's it. That's it. But they could have. I feel like they could have brought them up. I'm surprised that they didn't. It's a. It's a. I would be a little ticked too. Uh, hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that's not the issue. Hopefully. The sympathetic side of me says, "Yeah, I agree with you. you should, they should have brought him up, like for sure. Like that would have been an awesome experience for them. Would have been great. They probably would have been playing super hard, had a bunch of pep in their step, ready to go, all excited to be home. Probably would have been more fun for Raymond too to have more Swedes on the team. You're a grown adult. You're a big boy. You're a professional athlete. Get over it." <laughs> That's the non-sympathetic side of me right there. Get over, if that's the reason, get over it. Get over yourself. I don't care. Oh, I like Bergie. I, I love Bergie. Maybe he's got other things going on, too. You know? Who knows? There could be a lot of, like, again, we can only speculate because we're not connected directly. I can't go sit there. I can't call up someone and be like, hey, what's where's Tua? Yeah. But... We can only speculate through things that we see. And that that interview, I don't know if you watched it yet or not. I didn't. Um, I recommend everyone kind of just watch that. It was the post-game comments after the Chicago Wolves game. You call me crazy. Maybe I'm overthinking it just with how terrible things have been. That interview caught me off guard based on the other couple that were in there. Because uh, Didier and uh, Kosa and Watson all had different attitudes in that. Bergies was very short-winded. Uh, we'll say it like that. So, and it was after the Wolves game. It was after the Wolves game. It was after the win. After game he scored in. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I... There's something going on, man. There's something. There's something bigger than the play on the ice going on in this team for their inability to click. Like we're seeing the Wolves start to click, and they're whatever you want to call that. Helps your fire. <laughs> This team's not clicking. The yeah, passing is still off. We're 12 what? games in. 12 games in. Not 12. clicking. It's... The passing's still off. You're still passing to nobody 99%. Of, not 99% of the time. That's an exaggeration. Like 20% of the time you're passing to nobody. Turnovers. Turnovers was the storyline of this game tonight, man. It's happening too much, too often. I mean... I mentioned it's Taro. Game. It's just the whole season. It's been this yeah. Like yeah, especially this this weekend. It really stuck out. But tonight, and that one, the one that I'm thinking of with Taro, where he gets the puck from Hutchinson after Hutchinson was behind the net with it. Taro takes the pass from him and goes to throw it across the ice, and it goes right to a Stars player who read the play perfectly because the play was as obvious as it gets. Like, there's 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 some positives. Like I said, Marco Casper and Amadeus Lombardi are positives. Amo's making right decisions. Um, and it shows on the stat sheet. It does. And, you know, the Griffins are shooting the puck more. That's a positive. We talked zone entry got better. Neutral zone, not good. Breakout, not good. Entry got better. Except entry on the power play is the last thing I'll bring up on the, the entry piece of the thing. I could tell you from my memory, every what every zone entry for the Grand Rapids Griffins will look like on the power play. 
It'll be a pass to the center, a pass to the right or left. And then they'll go in and then just a quick little pass to the other guy that's on the right or the left right next to them to set up the play. They just drop it and leave it there at the top corner of the blue line. Every single freaking time. I'd rather a dump and chase than what I was seeing with that because they could barely get it over. One poke check at the blue line and it's back out. It's not, dump and chase isn't bad. You just have to be able to, you have to be able to go get the puck. Right. Have speed, which there's players in this team that have speed. Even Specia has speed. Well, he didn't show it tonight. He showed a little bit of it, all right? He's over 30 now. Leave him alone. (laughs) They mentioned that in the broadcast. I was like, we didn't do him dirty, guys. Like, come on. He's over that 30 mark. Oh, really? Really? That's why. So I'm shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Final thoughts before we just give a quick glance at Toledo here. Uh, No, no final thoughts. I mean, let's. We were harsh this episode. We were harsh, more harsh than normal. Yeah. I mean, we just came out of five games where we won one. Like, it just. We didn't even see overtime. We, Yeah, we didn't even see any overtime. Um, it's like, just, if we were, if we were like one, two and two, okay, I'm not as mad because there was some fight there. One and four. I feel like there's some fight. There's some compete. It's just like, like I said, there's still something off. It's a small piece. It's still off with this team. And I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out yet. But it might just be that experience on the back end. Like defense. Defense is not good. Defense is bad. There was, like you said, there was some fight and compete. Like I said, because Ben Simon would say, tonight there was some give a shit. There was. It's not enough. I mean, I stopped giving a shit after the second period. <laughs> there, was, there was give a shit, but too many mistakes that outweighed the give a shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Two games coming up against Manitoba at home. One Friday, one on Sunday, uh, which is the Hispanic Heritage game as well. No Saturday game? No. It's Friday, Sunday. That's weird. Okay. I know. I was like, ooh, back to it. No, there's nothing on Saturday, which is great. I can sit at home, drink beer, and watch Michigan beat the crap out of Ohio State with no concern of getting anywhere after. What time was that game? Noon. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You know what I'll be doing? Yeah. I'll be... Yep. (laughs) All right. After... after, Yep. we're, We're through that. We made it. T-Town, and then we got questions. T-Town and questions. So, like I said, Toledo's played a lot of games. Uh, We're not going to dive too deep into it here. They are currently third in the Western Conference right now, 10 games in, seven wins, one regulation loss, one overtime loss, one shootout loss. That's pretty good. Oh, Shark team was that good. 51 goals for 34 against. Wait, say that again? 51 goals for, 34 against. Wow, that's pretty good. Some of these games have been a little high scoring. But the offense is showing up. Showing up big. 
It showed up big this weekend in the form of uh, Riley Sawchuk getting a goal in his first game and then a goal in his second game and the shootout winner in his second game. That's gotta be, it's, he's got to feel so good tonight. He but should. We told Toledo played, fans, too. We told them. Not played for so long and then coming down and get a shootout win. Like, that's – I'm so happy for him. When I saw that, I was I was ecstatic. That saved – my fe- if that wouldn't have happened, me on this podcast tonight probably would have been significantly more negative. The walleye saved my night a little bit. Um, Riley, Riley saved your night. Yes. And you know what? Who else did? Uh, Bednar. Because uh, he got back-to-back games for the first time with Johnny being here. And uh, he he's played well. And the walleye keeps sharing clips occasionally. He's had some crazy saves as a walleye goaltender this year so far. He is... Very Kosa-esque as a walleye. He is big. He is eating pucks, but then when he needs to, he's making wild athletic saves. So it's kind of a John Letheman and Sebastian Kosa 2.0 in Toledo this year with Jan Bednar and John Letheman again. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing there. Some fans are saying the goalies have been inconsistent. They're still getting used to what's in front of them and the system that's in front of them with a new coach. And while that's happening, thank God the offense is scoring. You look like you had something to say there, so I I did, but then I <laughs> you're losing me. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, folks, we I, lost them. I mean, if the defense, if the goalies can't save it, you gotta have your offense bail you out, you know? Like the old saying goes. How's it go? I, I don't know. <laughs> um okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a quick update in points to the Brandon Hawkins does lead the team in four with 14 points right now, nine goals, five assists. Sam Craggs is tied with him, though, seven goals, seven assists. And Colin Conlon Keenan, uh, 10 points, seven goals, three assists. Those guys have been tearing it up. And then Oren Santazo as well, nine points uh, after I was not impressed with him in Kalamazoo in his first game. Uh, that kid has torn it up. So Craig's good to see him. Doing well, too. Sam Craggs has been the surprise of the season for the Toledo Walleye. Uh, which is, is a really good thing to see. Uh, Trenton Bliss as well has nine points in the season. The the only concern, I think, and I say concern loosely here, is that uh, Tatayev has a one goal and five assists only uh, and is a minus seven uh, with six points there. So how many, how many games has he played? Ten. Oh, geez. He's played all ten. So he's a little quieter this year. New line mates, a lot of new people around him trying to figure it out. He also bounced around quite a bit uh, as well, trying to find where he was going to play this year. You remember he took part in the Chicago Wolves training camp and stuff like that. So he's still settling in. But the guys we need to see lighting it up, they're lighting it up. It's good to see. And, yeah, while I play well, they have a few more games coming up here as well. Oh, against Indy in Indy. And then they play Wheeling in Wheeling. Um on the 22nd, and then they got the 24th and the 25th, Kalamazoo at home in Fort Wayne and Fort Wayne. So, What time is the game tomorrow? Four o'clock. Okay. Yeah, you driving down? I can get you halfway. I'm driving to Detroit. No, no, I'm not going. No, I, I, I might be able to watch it. I hope I so. Yeah, I might be able to. I hope so. We have questions. We, yeah. Let's get into it. So our first one, these are all from, oh, these are all from Twitter because that's all we're really our main communication is. Uh, Anna wants to know how is this group this 
bad. It just doesn't make sense. Love the boys, but geez, Louise, something's got to give. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's the question we're all wondering ourselves here is how are they this bad? Is it a leadership problem? Is it a is it it's is it skill or will? As we used to say in the sales world, is it a skill problem or a will problem? It's not skill. These players are all highly skilled players. This is the most talented roster this Griffin's team has had in a while, I would say. The fight is there some games. The fight's not some other ones. I think they're just still trying to click. I I mean, I would like to take a look at like 10-game increments and see how they do the next 10 games or 8, you know, and see how they go because things have been progressing better. But like the shots on that was a big concern. I don't know if that's kind of settles out uh, against us. Power play is not great. We've got a lot more opportunities this weekend to be able to see how that went, but hasn't. I mean, we haven't been scoring a whole lot on that. So I don't know. Maybe we just need more depth. Our fourth line is just not doing it. Our third line is not doing it. It's literally Marco and Ammo. <laughs> area those those lines yeah you know like we, we talked about before too power play lack of opportunities there um power play opportunities as it goes right now the griffins have jumped up to from 16 when we did that last episode to 36 they've doubled our opportunities their power play is 19.4 percent so it went down it did it did go down um penalty kills at 75 percent as well uh, tied for last in the division on the PK there. Seven goals, seven power play goals on 36 attempts. Not not going to do it. Those it's, power play goals can win us games. Need some special teams. Need, and I, I feel like Texas came out fast. Yeah, they're games. a good team. They are. And we, I mean, we were right there with them. We, we, I mean, 21 shots in the first period. Holy crap. I mean, Texas leads the division now. They have 19 points. And the next closest team is Iowa with 14. Yeah, I, I mean, I we see him again. We see him uh, six or six more times, I think. Yeah, six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from Hoosier Wingnut. I like it. Why is Casper playing first line center when he's clearly the third best center at best on this team? And she had another question. Well, they had another question. When will it All be right, hold on. Let's address the first question first. Okay. Casper's not the third best center on this team. He's not. He is? I'd the say first? he's the second best center. Amo's the first. Who do you think's the third? Great question. I would say there's a first and second, and then there's the rest. <laughs> like... Yeah, I'm sorry. That's kind of the way I look at it right now. Is it, those two are the top two, and the rest are all interchangeable at this point. I mean, the yeah. lineup tonight. You had Casper, Gettinger, Lesperance, and Lombardi. Zarnik will come in and play center. You have an odd man out here. I don't know who it is. I don't. It'll probably, it'll probably be. Lesby. Well, you'll you see Lesby get shuffled back to the wing, but or or scratched next game. Scratched. But I would say, in order right now, the way they had centers listed tonight for the guys that played center in this last most recent game: Amadeus, Marco Casper, Tim Gettinger, Joel Esperance. 
Because Gettinger's played well. I have no complaints of Tim Gettinger at all. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he's putting points on the board. But Marco Casper, yeah, he's not third. He said he he asked me two weeks ago. Yeah, third or fourth best center on the team. Kind of still trying to figure his game out. He's he's young. He's twelve games into North American ice. Sorry, thirteen because the one he played. Twelve and a half because the one he played is right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I really wish the Red Wings wouldn't have made that decision just to toss him in because I think everybody's just expecting this kid to be NHL ready right now because he got a game in right off the bat. He didn't start in Grand Rapids. Yeah. That is one. I wish they would have done that a little differently. But second best in the team for sure, and only getting better with every game. Yeah, I and I kind of mentioned this earlier. Is like we're in this weird growing pain thing. Is like. We have Volander and we have Casper both coming over from North America or coming over to North America on new ice. Next year, who are we bringing over? Probably Axel, right? Axel and Nate would be here, I assume, if they don't make Detroit right off the rip. But Nate's on North American ice already. Oh, yeah, you're right. So yeah, Axel and then uh, the Dieter box. And then Anton Johansson as well. And Anton. So, I mean, at some point, we're bringing all these people over. Like, it's a log jam of, like, foreign players coming over to North American ice where it's like, uh... It's I want to say something that people need to accept right now, and it's going to be the toughest pill to swallow as a Red Wings and Griffins fan. Not all of these kids are going to be Red Wings. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, they're going to be here at the Grand Rapids. They will, but for how long, we don't know. No. These are... Prospects can be used to acquire NHL ready talent as well. That's why we got to remember that. Don't get attached. There's certain players to get attached to. I think Carter Mazur's one to get attached to. I think Simon Edmondson is one to get attached to. I think Amadeus Lombardi is one to get attached to. I think Marco Casper is one to get attached to. And I think the rest right now, I wouldn't be attached if I was you as a fan. You never know what could happen. I. I want to answer the question as well. Casper, I mean, they he hasn't been playing first line center. I think Dan's been mixing him up around the around a lot. So you've seen Gettinger's I think Gettinger's been really the first line center. Yes, until Saturday against the Marlies, Tim Gettinger was the first line center. And then Marco stepped into that line with Bergie and Elmer Saturday and Wednesday. I don't remember if that's who they were together with Friday night, and then Elmer was out tonight. So, and then you had Amo. It was swinging around there too. So, yep. I mean, they, they. I wouldn't say he. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say he is the third best center on the on the team. I would have third. Yeah, Casper, third, third best. Who's center? your second? Ammo. Who's first? Gadger. I would take the veteran. I mean, I love Ammo, but I would take Gadger over. He loses the point because he's from Ohio. That's fair. <laughs> uh, it's it's really weak, man. He loses yeah. a point this week for that. Ask me next week, and he's probably the number one center. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ambo's played well. It get just to stay. He's not going to be a call up, you know. No. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then Sardik's coming back, so Sardik will be the number one center. Uh by far. Yeah, and then it'll be Gadger, Ambo, and then Casper. It'll be interesting to see how much does their play go up, level up, when Sarnik's back. Their second question was, when will it be time for Edmondson to get the call in as he'd be the fourth best defender right now on the wings? 
This one got a little heated too because fourth best, fourth best. Mo Wallman, Ghost Mata, sorry, Ghost Hall Mata, and Vincent. That's in that order. You, that's how you rank them. In that order, right now, in the in the NHL. Yeah. You can Mata Evans. Yeah, I would say what we've seen. Mo and, and Wallman are the best on this team by far, defense wise for the Red Wings. By far, they're yeah. great. Ghost has come in and done things that we didn't think Ghost would come in and do, especially in the special teams, which is really where you see Simon play a big role in Grand Rapids is on the special teams. You, you Detroit's got that already between Mo, Jake, and uh, Ghost. They don't need that out of Simon right now. They don't need Simon to come up there and piggyback the power play. They've got guys to do that. Justin Hall has been uh, – Derek Lalonde has made Toronto look like idiots. He's figured out how to use Justin Hall when they had him and they couldn't figure it out, and their defense is the weakest part of their game. Like, you, they were putting Justin Hall on the top line when Justin Hall is not a top-line defenseman. Like, I think Simon Edmondson and Justin Hall together would be actually a great combination for Detroit. But I think Ghost fits in there as well. Yeah, Ghost is only side for this year. Yeah. It was kind of a one-year prove-it, I think. But he is on the older side, too. We'll see. Justin Hall, I think, was like a two- or three-year deal. Yeah, two um, years. So, if you're talking like prospect funnel-wise, I guess, you're talking about the younger guys, sure, Simon's probably the third or fourth best defenseman in the system right now. But I think if he stepped into a Red Wings uniform tomorrow, he's he's not the third best defenseman on the team. I, I He's been undisciplined in Grand Rapids this year. He's made some mistakes. He's had good offensive upside. But you need a defenseman to also have a good defensive upside, and it hasn't really been there yet. He's still trying to figure it out. He looks really like we talked a ton about it first half of the season last year. Simon Edvinson was trying to find his game, and after the Christmas break, he found it. He kind of looks like pre-Christmas Simon Edvinson again uh, right now. Yeah, Not as bad, but uh, not as good as he was after Christmas. So I don't want to make that discussion get any more heated than it got, but that's my take. Uh, somebody commented that he's like the fifth, seventh best D. Uh, Martin Haltberg. He's not. He's more like the fifth, seventh best D. And bringing him up right now would be pretty risky. It'd be losing a player for free for someone we don't know for sure can make us better. Yet. Oh, God, we lose Jeff Petrie for free? What the heck? Who cares? Well, uh... <laughs> Jeff Petrie, we're not trading Jeff Petrie at the deadline for talent. We can't trade Jeff Petrie. He has a no move. He's a no move, and we can't take his uh, contract either. I looked at this. Can somebody split his contract again? Because only we took a little bit of it. Pittsburgh took a little bit of it. I think somebody else is still paying him. So <laughs> I get, I get Wings fans' frustration because we're not seeing what we saw the Red Wings come out of the gate and do. We knew that wasn't gonna be what the end result was. We weren't hanging the Stanley Cup banner this year. We weren't even hanging the playoff banner. Sure. We all got excited. Every one of us did. We saw great things. We still see great things from this team. Defense is weak and Simon Edvinson seems like the end-all, be-all answer. Uh, Newsflash Wings fans, Simon Edvinson's still figuring out here in Grand Rapids. He's, he's ready, but he's not. He'd be ready if he needed to be. He doesn't yeah. need to be ready right now. 
that's the key. The uh, stat I heard the other day was the the wigs are literally one point ahead of last year's pace. <laughs> one improvement. Point. Improvement. One point improvement. Yeah. After all the changes and everything, <laughs> one point difference. So to get back to Simon, like he's he could go up. I don't mm-hmm. think he's the fourth best defenseman. Um, I think he's still he would be like fifth or sixth. I where those veterans need to just play better. They do. Yep. They they need Simon to Simon will go in next year and he'll take Ghost's spot. I think that's their plan. I yeah. think that's the plan for them. Move yeah. him there. He, he, he can be paired with Justin Hole. Would you rather Simon Edvinson come up there and play some games, sit some games or whatever, and not get special teams time, or being Garnapp is paired with Albert Johansson, who could be his line pairing mate up in Detroit in the next years? Here, running a power play, running a penalty kill, running a top line. Would you? I'd rather him get that experience here. Yeah. Than, if you had to print the headline, he will be ready if he needs to be. What? Uh, but he doesn't need to be. Maybe we need Tyler to ask ask Simon what uh, did Detroit tell Simon to work on. I think that's a question he's not going to ask anytime soon. Why? I don't know. Berkey's Berkey's reaction, man. <laughs> Oh, um, okay. yeah. Yeah. I understand. I understand where Wings fans are coming from, but patience. Patience. This is something the veterans in Detroit and Derek alone in the coaching staff need to figure out. It's not call Simon and make him figure it out. It's not, no. it's not the answer. It's it's like I said, it's a young it's a young defensive end, and that's it's the problem we're gonna have to just work with for the next few few years really until this core could get settled you know what's really funny is like we saw the situation arise where like fab fabry went down and everyone's like oh it's bergy time and zarnik got the call up and bergy got called up for those couple games eventually but that's how it went and let's say like because wallman drove his face into the goalpost the other night you know let's say for some reason he's injured and needs to be called or someone needs to be called up and they call up new power they're not calling up new power. They called him up once last year, remember? No. Yeah, he got a call up last year. Huh. So did Simon eventually. But why I got the call first? That's weird. Can you imagine what Red Wings Twitter will do if that happens? Yeah. They're going to yeah. come for Lalone just like they came for Blashel. Yeah. People got to calm down. There's a process here. I trust this coaching staff. I trust them all the way up and down the chain. I trust Dan. I trust... All of them. You're trusting the Iser plan? Yeah, of course. Just wanted to throw that in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I trust plan. Derek. I trust Dan. I trust Pat. I trust Stevie. Sean, maybe. <laughs> Sorry to get iffy on you, Sean. Yeah. If listening. Just patience, everybody. Yeah. If we if we reacted like that, we could have come into this episode tonight, guns blazing. Well, you wanted to last weekend. <laughs> but I was there in person. It's different when you're at home. Like I said, the wall I the wall I saved me up most of those nights too. Let's be real. So, anyways, we've gone on forever, but we do owe everyone because we missed a week. So we knew this one would run longer. 
if you stuck with us this long, we appreciate you. Hopefully we kept it entertaining enough, especially because we're remote right now. Normally we're not this good at the give and take remotely. I think we've done a pretty good job. Pat ourselves to the back here. Yeah, Nick's all high on cold medicine too, so. Yep. He did, he's done it. Good job, buddy. Anyways, I have nothing else to add. Do you? Uh, I had it. I had something, but no. I am excited for this weekend. Hopefully, they get a win on Sunday. What about Friday? Can they not win Friday? I mean, if they were to win one they game, a goal. I hope <laughs> if they were to win one game, I hope it's Sunday. Did I say win one goal? Or what? No, you said win one game. When, yeah, if they could win one game, I hope it's Sunday. I, I'm not sitting through another home loss. I've only seen the two home wins this year. Yeah, what was on Wednesday? Look at how this is starting again. <laughs> hey, you know who they play the next Wednesday game against? Chicago Wolves. That's why I moved those tickets for both those games. Because you knew they would win. <laughs> I figured they'd win. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I have nothing else to add. You lost your train of thought. I hope the Griffins have a successful upcoming weekend. I hope we see everyone at the Teddy Bear Toss. I hope we see tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of bears. I hope it's a great time for everybody. But I have nothing else. Nick has nothing else. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for being amazing hosts. Thank you to our sponsors, Raycon and DraftKings. Everybody, have a happy, safe, and healthy Thanksgiving. And we will talk to you probably, I don't know when, because the holidays in there. We might upload on Thanksgiving. We might upload on Wednesday. We might upload before the game on Friday. Stay tuned. Thank you for our Patreon listeners too, Michael and Randy. Yes, thanks, guys. We appreciate you for supporting the show. If you want to get on the action, jump over to our Patreon as well and show your love and support. Uh, we do little Patreon-exclusive episodes on there where we tend to be more out-of-pocket sometimes or just talk about ridiculousness. So uh, we might not even be a hockey conversation. It could be what Nick had for breakfast this morning, which was cold medicine. Um but anyways, thank you all again. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Good job, buddy. You did it. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.